1: Well met fellow adventurers, once again we are Sir Crokington, we are in Hawklaw, which was recently attacked by swarms of Otuak. Fortunately, there are only two casualties, but they'll probably be back, so it might just end up getting a lot worse. So I'm gonna be hanging around Hawklaw for a while 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 all this is dealt with. Anyway, the next adventure unlocked after 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 you reclaimed Hawklaw is a dark prelude. colifar's heart sank and slowly, unwillingly. He began to pivot, turning first his shoulders, first his shoulders, and following with his head, as he dared to place his gaze on what had approached their backs unseen. I'm guessing Oterok. Let us begin. Several, several minutes ago, on the northern edge of Hawklaw Colliphant fell back with the others, beating a hasty tactical retreat. Along Hawklaw's main thoroughfare, never once did it occur to the youngest member of the village militia to turn and take flight from the savage menace that had already claimed the lives of three of his companions. Corning, the leader of the militia, the former field captain of the t- former field captain in the Tyson army, a man who had never readily backed down. In the face of danger, had been the first to fall. Whew. Oh, well, duh. I, I, was, I warned you that there could be death, but we've not even turned up, and people are already dying. The death of Corning, sudden and brutal as it was, the result of a single swipe of the grey skin troll's cruel stone axe, had him momentarily had momentarily stunned Korthar. The man who had trained him in the art of armed combat since he'd been old enough to lift the sword was gone in the blink of an eye. Despite the grievous loss, Korthar and his brothers in arms remained determined to thwart the beast's advance upon the village. In the instant the Corrinan fell, the young swordsman realised that he... And the, and the five yet at his size were, at that moment, Hawclaw's last hope. The thought filled him with dread. Okay, well, they, they they need reinforcements. Colophar looked to his left and then to his right. His fellow militiamen, armed with swords and spears, Nodded, signaling their intent to make a stand against the advancing forest troll. The young swordsman exhaled and slowly flexed his, flexed his fingers on the leather wrapped hilt of the blade Corridor had given him last spring. The troll, now within twenty yards of the stalwart band, stretched its fang filled jaws wide and unleashed a savage bellow. The man directly took Orthar's white. Right. A woodcutter named Umbul cursed loudly and spit on this ground. Fagal tear right through us Dullabar's voice cracked as he spoke, betraying the terror that had taken hold of him and it killed Cord in a single stroke. We no chance again this, this this madness. There's, there's only one. We can turn it back if we surround it Willapar's reply came suddenly came too steadily on the heels of Dollar Barcelain and carried loose conviction. We can't let it reach the centre. Pinopore, leads time to round up. The soft crunch of a foot pressed into the stony ground just above the yard band served to fill fill the five men with a sudden paralysing fear. Conoverse Sark's heart sank and unwillingly he began began to pivot, turning first his shoulders and following with his head as he dared to place his gaze on what had approached their backs unseen. The silent, calm voice that shattered the fleeing moment of the tense silence reached the young man's ears before he had fully turned. Get behind me! And now, Not waiting for the five members of the militia to heed your command, you. I think that's is this actually the first time in the game you, you're given a direct. Direct lines. Because most of the time, it just says it says, what you, what you said, but not exact. But it doesn't give you the words. Well, that's probably for the best, because your character is you, and if you put too many words in his mouth, he's—you can't think. He, I wouldn't say that. That sounds corny as heck, or that's a bit dumb. You your. Not wait for for the five members of the militia to feed your command. You push through their line and place yourself directly in the path of the approaching troll with your eyes fixed on the savage, axe-wielding beast. You repeat your directive, and are relieved to hear the crunch of their footfalls as the three men slowly retreat along the thoroughfare. As the troll continues towards you, the stone blade of its massive axe smeared with blood, a bright orange glow suddenly develops, envelops its torso. As the glow fades, your eyes are drawn to the shimmering, emblazoned mark on the creature's chest. A mark that depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. The mark of Woundskin. <laughs> yes, that and that, and that, look, there's a law book entry, but it links to Woundskin himself, and, well, if you've been paying attention, you know all about him. But if you didn't, well... Well, honestly, there's there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff about him in previous episodes. Even with your mind awash, and your thoughts filled with the dreadful implications of this realisation, you manage to return your focus to the towering troll who is now nearly upon you. Without warning... The emblazoned symbol on the troll's chest gl- glows brightly. A board bolt of crimson flame erupts out of the symbol and streaks through the air towards you. Alright, I have three options. Fortification, shadow magic, elementalism I can also try to dodge. Now usually when I have four choices. Random.org Ah, science. Alright, looks like we're going for option three, and that is Elementalism. Succeeded. 16 XP to Elementalism. You summon your power of Elementalism. You focus your power on the hurtling bolt of flame and breathe a sigh of of relief as the deadly missile is reduced to little more than a soaring ball of ash. The smouldering ash lands harmlessly on the ground at your feet. The shimmering mark, emblazoned on the troll's leathery chest, flares brightly as the savage creature strides forward. Its stone-bladed axe poised to deal you a single, decisive blow. It's a wound-marked troll. Wait a minute. If it's a troll, then we can go bonting! We're gonna go a-bonting, bonting today! Today is a good day for bonting trolls, we're gonna go a-bonting, a-bonting today. Today is a good day for bonting trolls, Do do doo doo i am swinging my troll bont. The axe-wielding troll swipes at you with his deadly weapon. I'm not sure how Sir Croketten uses the troll bont. But he think fig- but she figured it out somehow. Maybe she grew bigger. <laughs> to do it. Bont you execute a masterful downstroke with your troll bont forty one damage but the troll counters with its own special the devastating blow for thirty seven damage Bont for twelve damage Bont for thirty two damage Oh didn't finish it off with a bont but it is slain. 135 experience. The towering forest troll collapses onto the thoroughfare, its stone-bladed axe slipping from its bloodied hands as it draws a final, ragged breath and expires and a little bit of healing too, wiping away the sweat and grime streaking down your brow. You step back to catch your breath and take a moment to admire your handiwork. The respite proves only fleeting, the bloodied carcass of the slain troll subtly begins to twitch and convulse. You instinctively draw yourself into defensive stance as you lock your gaze onto the creature's remains. With a lurking motion, the towering troll staggers to its feet. Large chunks of the beast's flesh fall to the ground, leave behind patches of bare bone as the creature assumes its full, fearsome height. The emblazoned mark, still visible on the troll's tattered chest, flares brightly. The savage, half-skeletal troll, unleashes a deafening bellow and lunges at you, attempting to tear pieces off you with its its long, deadly black claws. It's a wound-marked, wizened troll. Yes, well, I've just got to kill it again. I swing my troll bont. Okay, now now that most of the trolly... Fleshy bits are gone. It's no longer classed as a troll, so there will be no more bunts, which is a pity. Because I, th- I think in this game, think things can only be in one class, so it can either be undead or a troll. In this case, it's undead first because it's probably got more skeleton than. Bits of flesh left over. Anyway, it is slain. Another 135 experience. Oh, and my enchant- enchantment of wet metal helps me avoid one wall of one. Thank you very much, enchantment of metal and Zorlan. The troll collapses onto the there. You step back and watch the half-skeletal remains of the savage creature continue to writhe for several moments before becoming still. Then, with a sudden flurry of movement, the towering troll again staggers to his feet. The remainder of the flesh tripping to his beast bo- to the beast bones drops away, revealing the entirety of the troll's sturdy, stone hard skeleton. Alright, if I'm fighting a skeleton, could use Chiara's staff and we equip my shield. The emblazoned mark, now painted across the preacher's broad rib cage, flares brightly. Without a sound, the fearsome skeletal troll steps forward and attacks. A wound-marked skeletal troll. Alright, yep, yeah, it, it's Chara's Staff gives me extra MR, cause it's not needed, cause it'd be three plus no matter what. The skeletal troll swipes at you with its deadly black claws. Devastating blow for thirty-three damage. got just keep keep clobbering it and clobbering it and it is clobbered to disintegration 135 experience the skeletal troll staggers forward and collapses into a heap of splintered bone you step back and retain a guarded posture as you watch for any sign of movement from the pile of bones after nearly a minute convinced the troll will not rise again you relax your stance and exhale sharply. The very moment a low pulsing hum fills the air. You slowly turn your wary gaze to west in surprise in the direction of the pulsing hum, and I just made, though not surprised, to find a black, blue-wimmed portal hovering over only inches above the ground at the edge of the thoroughfare. Your pulse quickens as out of the swirling, inky black core of the magical gate steps a lone otorok. Without hesitation, the wood and iron being strides in your direction. You boldly step forward to meet the impending attack. All right, it's an truck. Let's equip Umdral's oaken rod. And that's a, a bashing weapon. Maybe I should... What is... How's my skills for bashing weapons anyway uh very low i shall have i shall train them up forthwith it's an o yeah it's adapt yeah Oak oaken ward has stunned it it adapted to a plus 11 and it, then it stunned it again it's not really having much luck is it Tries to stagger me, but that failed. And it is slain. Nine XP. With your gaze fixed on the blue wind portal, you step over the shattered remains of the slain Otaruck and cautiously approach the vortex. You're within ten yards of the portal when another O unlike any you have ever, ever before encountered, emerges from the swirling core. The yeah, the Otaruch. It's familiar upper torso perched atop an unfamiliar four legged lower portion moves towards you with alarming swiftness. It's a four-legged Otoruk. Because apparently you can do that. It's adapt the four-legged Ocarup swipes at you with its iron-tipped wooden ling, and it adapts its combat tactics to eleven plus. Just gonna quickly bash through it. Umdro's and Wad stuns it a bit. It tries to stun me. And it has a lot of health, but it is still slain. And then I heal after that. next xp You stare down at the bent, splintered remains of the four legged Oterok. This strange new variation on the sinister magical beings to which you've unfortunately become familiar, is alarming. There is, however, little time to contemplate this unsettling turn of events. Something else has begun to emerge from the portal. What could it be? What are they going to do with otorogs this time? The, port- the spring of blue energy outlining the swirling black of the portal flares. Crackles and flares brightly. As yet another of the sinister, silent invaders emerges from the portal, you bravely hold your ground and engage the third Oterok. This is Oterok Classic. Just quit combating these, 9xp. As your wood and iron foe collapses into a twisted heap at your feet, the swirling portal from which it emerged suddenly begins to whipple and wive. You step back and assume a defensive stance as the blue whimmed vortex rapidly transforms into a spinning sphere of black energy. The massive warp of energy, its low, pulsing hum filling the air, floats towards you as a broad arcs of blue lightning leap from its rotating surface. Now, if I'm gating at level 70, I'll just be able to tell it's okay. Hey, turn back into a gate, and then close. But I don't have that because gating is currently at level 68. So if I wanted to, I could uh, start the scenario again. Hmm. Shall I? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to. Okay, I'm going to start the scenario again. Just so I can find. Just so I can read out what happens if you have gating at seventy plus. All right, I'm going to trade it up. Train, train. All right, that was it. Was eleven thousand two hundred of the general experience got, but well, I've got I got I got I got about that much. I got more than that from just the previous adventure, so not really. That bigger concern. General experience just always always comes round. Anyway, I'm going to pause while we get back to where we were. Ah, uh, let's block the 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 trolls' fire attack in a different way. Let's use shadow magic this time. Succeeded. 16 XP to shadow magic. You channel your power of shadow magic. Two broad bands of shadow from nearby buildings stretch silently across the thoroughfare as they rapidly weave themselves into a web of gloom. The deadly bolt of flame strikes your shadowy web and is immediately swallowed by the weave, writhing darkness. And, all right, pausing again. Oh, the third truck is a glowing Otorok. I'm just still going to quick combat it. Okay, here we go. Healing from all those Otoruk fights. Now let's use gating, gating 11, eleven, gating seventy plus, against this massive orb of energy that used to be a gate. Because that, apparently that's something you can just do. Let's use gating. Succeeded. Twenty-four experience to gating. You channel your power of gating and focus it. And focus it on the Transform Portal. Almost at once, a violent series of ripples pass along the surface of the rotating orb. Your potent magic has severely damaged the spear. Alright, still gotta fight it. Suddenly, the the spinning energy spear whipples and vanishes. In its wake, you find yourself once again standing in front of the blue-wimmed portal. Uh, a wing of, silk, uh, wing of blue energy outlying the swirling black core. The portal cracks and flares brightly as yet another one of the sinister, silent invaders emerges from the vortex. Here we are. It's a six-legged otarak this time. Let's fight this one manually. Swinging the wad, swipes at you. The six-legged otarak swipes at you with its iron-tipped wooden ling. He got stunned. It's stunned a few times, it stuns me a few times, but I'm well ahead, and it is slain. 9xp. As the wood and iron foe collapses into a twisted heap at your feet, the swirling portal from which emerged suddenly begins to whipple and wive. That's probably one thing about this game is the combats don't really feel that much different depending on what you're fighting. But I guess that's just how it how it how it how the game works. It'll require quite it'll require extensive reprogramming to to have to do it and honestly probably most people wouldn't even care. You step back and assume a defensive stance, not daring to take your eyes off the magical gate. Alright, this one's a four-armed O truck. Swipes at you with its iron tipped wooden ling. This one adapted to 8+, plus, which makes it a lot easier. But it is still slain. Probably because it for- yeah, should have adapted to 11+. plus. Oh well. As the wood and iron foe collapses the twisted heap at your feet, the swirling portal from which it emerged suddenly begins to whip and weave. You step back and assume a defensive stance, not daring to take your eyes off the magical gate. Alright, this is just a glowing outro, just going a quick combat. that, 9 XP. As the wooden iron foe collapse in a twisted heap at your feet, the swirling portal from it to emerge, suddenly begins to whipple and wave. You step back and assume a defensive stance, as the blue wind vortex rapidly transforms into a spinning spear of black energy. The massive orb of energy, its low pulsing, pulsing hum filling the air, floats towards you as bro- broad arcs of blue lightning leap from its rotating surface. Well, I use gating one time. This, this time, I'm just going to fight it. Realising that by defeating the massive energy spear, you may destroy the portal for which Diotrk have passed to bravely hold your ground against the black, rapidly spinning orb. You sense the energy spear, it's now weakened. Is this a multi... Is this one of those multi-combat fights? Like with the mist wraith Where you just... You fight it, you retreat, you get healed, and you can keep fighting it, and the damage is retained. Begin combat with the massive energy spear. Ah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of those. It's got a ridiculous amount of health. Not that ridiculous, but it's a lot. It's a lot of health. Powers. What if I use... Phase Gate. Oh, it's got an Anti-Magic Ore. Of course it has. Broad, broad tines of blue energy leap from the surface of the Spinning Spear. Oh, right, I'm going to flee now. You have fled from combat. Chant with Devastation hope score 1 or 20. You fall back just beyond the range of the tines of energy. That continue to leap off the surface of the spinning spear. And take the opportunity to heal as well. Suddenly, the spinning, the spinning energy spear whipples and vanishes. In its wake, you find yourself once again standing in front of the blue whimmed portal. It's just uh, O-Truck number 7. And there's a four-armed O-Truck, just going to quick combat them, 9 XP. And there's another four-armed O-Truck, quick combat for 7 XP, didn't even get to adapt that time. Alright, I'm going to use gating again. As the wooden iron spear claps in twisted heap at your feet. The swirling portal from which it emerged suddenly begins to whipple and wive. You step back and assume a defensive stance as the blue-winded vortex rapidly transforms into a spinning spear of black energy. The massive orb of energy, its low, pulsing hum filling the air, floats towards you as broad arcs of blue lightning leap from its rotating surface. Alright, let's use gating again. Succeeded! 24 experience to gating. You channel your power power of gating and focus it on a transform portal. Almost at once, a violent series of whipples pass along the surface of the rotating orb. Your potent ma- and magic has severely damaged the spear. Suddenly, the spinning energy spear whipples and vanishes. In its wake, you find yourself once again standing in front of a blue-winged portal. And it pops out another o I'm going to heal myself. As the wood and iron foe collapse into a twisted heap at your feet, why right next to all the other twisted heaps, the swirling portal from which it emerged suddenly begins to whip and weave. You step back and assume a defensive stance, not daring to take your eyes off the magical gate. A wing of blue energy outlining the Finding the swirling black core, the portal crackles and flares brightly as yet another of the sinister, silent vages emerges from the portal. You bravely hold your ground and prepare to engage the 11th Ocarac. Just going to quick combat that. Alright, and, and then it pops out a six legged Ocarac. Quick combat. S- and 7 XP. As the wooden iron foe collapses in a twisted heap at your feet, the swirling portal from which it emerged suddenly begins to whipple and wive. You step back and assume a defensive stance as the blue-wimmed blue whim- vo- vortex rapidly transforms to a swirling spear of black, en- black energy. The massive orb of energy, its low pulsing hum filling the air. ...floats towards you as broad arcs of lightning leap from its rotating surface. Let's use gating again on it. Succeeded. 24 experience to gating. You channel your power of gating and focus on the transform portal. Almost at once, a violent series of whipples passes across the surface of the rotating orb. Your potent magic has severely damaged the spear. With a loud crapple, the energy spear vanishes leave behind no trace of either itself or the blue-wimmed portal from which it took form. So, yeah, okay, okay, I guess it's guess it's done. It's done with. 512 experience to general. In the immediate aftermath of the battle with the Woundmark Troll, in the wake of the thwarted Otorak invasion, an eerie silence hangs over Hawklaw Lying on the ground the spot over which the blue wind portal hovered. You discover a small, flat stone. The coin-sized stone is emblazoned with the mark of wound skin. It depicts a clawed hand clutching an eye. Despite your initial reluctance to pick up the item, you decide it may prove to be of some importance. After cautiously prodding it with your foot, you reach down and take possession of it. It's a wound-marked stone. This small flat stone, no bigger than a coin, bears the emblazoned mark of wound skin—a clawed hand clutching an eye. Now and again, the mark, the mark on the stone, emits a bright orange glow. After completing a thorough search of the now deserted village center, you head south along the main thoroughfare towards the spot, where the malicious disastrous first engagement with the emblazoned troll took place. There, on the southern edge of the village, where the thoroughfare turns into a broad path that crosses a shallow stony stream, you find the bodies of Corinne and two young, leather-clad men standing over the fallen men, with only the trickle of a nearby stream to up the grim silence of this solemn moment. You pay a final tribute to the men, to the men who bravely gave their lives to protect those unable to defend themselves. A sound of approaching footfalls turns your gaze. North, where it comes to west, on the young man clad in scarred, level vest, at his side hangs a sword. As he steps to within an arm's length, he reaches out and initiates a shoulder cross. The young man quickly breaks off the shoulder cross and stoops down next to Corlin's body, with tears filling his eyes. He slowly folds the arms of the three slain men across their chest, pausing to mutter a quick prayer with each of the symbolic acts. "'I've never been so willing to follow an order such as you gave,' he says, as he rises to his feet making no effort to conceal a tear streaking down his fa- face. I am ashamed to, ashamed to admit it, but I will not fight the fact that I was terrified of that beast. I'm honoured to at last met you, Sir Crokington. Surely your timely arrival is a sign the Orphar has not utterly abandoned us in these darkening days, is it not? Side by side with the young man whose name you learn is Korthar, you stroll, you you stroll slowly back along the thoroughfare, towards the village centre. More so, even than the deaths of girl, Nell and Umbria, the untimely passing of Corin, and the two men who perish at his side, Umbral and Dobune, serves to cast a pall of pale, dire gloom over Hawklaw. Once again, your praises are sung by the grateful inhabitants of the village. But the settlement, however genuine, wings hollow in the light of the unspoken fear that now seems to grip the once peaceful settlement. Wait a minute. We've had people, people who've been in the game for years, and they've died in two, two, succession, two adventures in the world. How many people are going to be left by the end of this saga if this is how it starts? Oh. Seated in the stone-backed common room, before the warm, flickering glow of the fire that blazes over the hearth. <laughs> but, uh, if you listen, as Colt here confides in you, about the growing, pervasive sense of fear that grips the village. It's been two full days since our dear friends were laid to rest, he says. Leaning back in chair and pushing his feet closer to the fire. There's been no change in the mood that hangs over us. Oz, I very much doubt things will ever be as they were. The folk about here, myself included, are frightened, and why shouldn't we be? We count ourselves among the most fortunate to know someone like you, Sir Crokington. What could even you do in the face of all this? It's simply too much to ask that you pressed all our hopes squarely on your shoulders. You tell Pillipore that your greatest fear is that the recent incidents in Hawklaw are but a prelude of more sinister events to come. He nods and squeezes the bridge of his nose between his thumb and forefinger. Word has already been sent to the outpost of the Northern Pass, Right on the edge of the hills, that being the heart hills. We'd expect a garrison to be lodged here within the coming weeks. I I'll gladly give up, up the inn to them if their presence will buy us easier breathing. I chase off just a bit of this gloom. A sense of melancholy and despair that deepened in the wake of the the awa- wake of the second second incursion upon Hawklaw shows no sign of abating by the time you prepare to set out from the village. Nearly a full week after the last of the Otuok fell, you bid farewell to Pilliport and several others who have gathered in the front of the stone-backed tavern to see you off, making certain to promise them that you will soon return. As you pass, pass north out of the village, you turn and look back along, Along the broad thoroughfare that cuts through the heart of the remote, but familiar settlement, the quiet, deserted scene spread out behind you serves as a grim reminder that no place is destined to remain forever, or cha- to remain forever or ch- unchanged, and not all change is for the better. And that completes this adventure called a dark prelude. I get 2,048 experience to general and 148 experience to all skills and powers. All right, has a new adventure been unlocked? Doesn't look like it's here. Maybe there's a scenario unlocked. Hmm. There's, there's something in the Chaucer and Claw, but that was there before. Right, no, no, no. Axepath Cemetery—that's been there for a while. Alright, travel Dunstig. High Meadow. Oh, there's Gagorax Fortune. Drink from the Fountain. And then I'll get 1 SP and and some sort of Aura. Oh, and there's Observation Links there as well. Word. What if I go to Colonia? No? Uh-huh. Hmm. Uh, let me just... Oh, how do I unlock the next part? It's going to have to check some things. Oh, there's a... They've already built the newly established outpost in... In Hawklaw. They're a quick. Visit the newly established outpost. A newly arrived garrison of Tyson soldiers now occupies the structure that was, until recently, the Hills Fleet Inn. The moment you step into the building, a young soldier approaches you and bows. He tells you that the captain of his outfit, the man overseeing the garrison, is eager to have a word with you. The soldier points to the door at the back of the outpost, a dorm that formerly led to the inn storeroom. You promptly move up to the door and wrap against it. Almost immediately, a loud voice from behind it beckons you to enter. You open the door and step into the swarm room below. There, seated at the cluttered table, apparently taking inventory of the various weapons laid out across its surface, is a bearded, grey man whose intense... Eyes swiftly rise to meet your gaze. At first glance, you don't recognise him. But as he rises and steps towards you, extending his hand to meet you in his shoulder cross, you suddenly realise that the man striding across the small room in your direction is Captain Millark, who we previously... who he previously encountered in Silverwist when they... Had their wound skin problem, and that took a while. That took a while to resolve. It's been a long road since Silver Wisp. He says, slowly nodding as he places his hands on his hips. Well met again, Sir Croakington. If half the tales I've heard about you bear even this, even a hint of truth. You've seen you've found yourself quite busy since we've last met. Busy is good. And, as you can see, busy is how I find myself these days. The captain offers you a steaming mug of paleo, and then inquires about your recent adventures. When you've finished your abbreviated account, he smiles and tells you that he's been given command of this newly established outpost. You learn that following the Grimatet fence that took place in Southwisp, the outpo- the captain was sent to oversee the outpost that stands on the northern pass on the edge of the Hard Hills. Alright, so it's kind of a coincidence that he's here. He, they didn't did say, ooh, Won't Skim, I'll send this guy. He was there before. No, apparently he, he just happened to be in the area we all little trouble up that way, he says. For well, it looks as if by wandering just a bit south we found our fair share. I think we can hope to pe- hope to protect the village and some of the surrounding area. Of men and still enough of that. But I'd like to hear all about what's recently transpired here. And what I've been told, and can easily surmise you're just the toad to ask. Over several mugs of paleo, he provides Captain Mellock with a decent account of your two recent and of the two recent and, thanks to you, thwarted Otorok invasions. He listens intently as you describe for him the Otohock, relating to him what you know of their origin and their various characteristics. Seems I find myself once again in the thick of it," he says. This marking you saw on the toll is something I hoped I would never hear of. Wouldn't again hear of, but yet, there it is. I would chance to guess that we'll find more of our share of trouble here before this comes to an end. I would, of course, be relieved to know that you're still inclined to join us for whatever whatever might lie ahead. You tell the captain he can rely on your help when it is needed. He nods and thanks you. Once this place is in order, I'm certain there will be some things for which I will seek out your assistance, he says, as he shows you out of the room. Now, mind that you take care and pay us a visit from time to time. Your presence sets the heart, minds and hearts of these villagers at ease. See, there's no doubt about this. No doubt about that. And it brings me a measure of comfort as well. You bid farewell to Captain Millark and leave the outpost. Alright. The two recent attacks attacks on the village by legions of Oterox and a moon marked troll have left in their wake a pall of fear and despair hanging over the settlement. The inhabitants of Hawklaw remain bewildered and frightened by the incursions with the revolt resulted in the depths of five of their fellow villages. And now, considering its village probably only has a population of a few hundred, everyone will probably know all of them. Or at least most of them. Yeah, so th- this is the villages. Now, on where Corning and the and the two tradesmen who served, and two tradesmen who served in the militia. Uh, all right, now is there anything? Oh, okay. Something has turned up. We've got a new scenario. Somewhere in the Hart Hills, just somewhere. Somewhere in the Hart Hills. Something. Has gone down. Alright, so. No, hmm. Is it Miles Wood? Nope. Is it Dernstig? All right, let's check at the church. There's an alcove, and in the alcove, he noticed what appears to be claw marks gorged into the wooden back wall of the alcove. Right, a thick leather-bound book rests atop a simple wooden pedestal. Pedestal against the black wall of a small alcove. There, the, the heavy volumes, worn pages, filled with, filled with faded script, contain, contain a litany of prayers auto, honoring Swithak. Alright, leave the church. Maybe in the tavern? Oh, okay. Alright, not Durnstig. Maybe High Meadow. Red Flat. No, no, nothing seems to be happening in High Meadow. Hmm. Would be the Wounds of Tamera, because. That might not even been unlocked. Lilith's Mountain and Dell were installed later, and Elm's Knoll is already ruined, so there's really no point for Woundskin to do anything there. Colina, perhaps? Smoke rises from the heaps of the charred timber that were only a few hours ago. The buildings of cleaned up. Oh, no. I'm late. I'm too late again. Duh. They're always attacking. A few minutes before I could turn up. It's. Honestly, probably something you should have expected. But. But you sort of get used to turning up. Dust in the nick of time. But Now. I'm just out of the nick of time. With your heart pounding and your every sense alert for the first sign of danger, you cautiously make your way into the smouldering remains of the village. Nothing stirs amidst the heaps of blackened timbers, causing you to wonder if the people of Colonia managed to escape the utter destruction that was wrought upon their settlement. Suddenly, as you're passing into what was the heart of the village, you spot movement from behind a towering heap of of cinders to the south. You instinctively freeze and turn your gaze in that direction. It's a sinister and all-too-familiar sight that that lurches into view. Stepping out from behind the tall pile of blackened timbers south is a lone otorok. Oh, there'll be more nearby. The silent wooden-iron being moves to the east in a slow, unsteady manner. A quick glance at the otorok's lower half reveals its left leg has been severely damaged. It appears you haven't yet been spotted. Hmm. What was it? Was it? Did it, was it crushed in one of the buildings that it tried to collapse? I mean, it could have been. Imagine, imagine if, you keep ta- if you're tearing down a whole village, some of it's going to fall on your head. Well, your leg. <laughs> Use divination. Succeeded. 4x to divination. You sense that danger surrounds the Ways village. And a larger... ...number of... ...of... are moving into the Wooing settlement from the east... ...so I can attack the lone Otorok... ...or remain where I am... ...I'm going to remain where I am... ...I'm going to... going to stay on guard for the main force... ...suddenly... ...a splittering sound rises into the air... ...as the staggering o- Otorok... swiftly crumbles into a pile of jagged wool... ...wood and twisted iron... ...okay... Okay, I get. I guess it just ran out of the sustaining magic. Or it was just we re, reclaimed because well Wood and Iron is easy to get. But the magic magic slightly more difficult. You're about to move over to the fallen Otoruk so you can examine its remains. When you spot something moving into the ruins of the village from the east, stepping into the remains of Kalania, striding between the tall heaps of smouldering wood and ash, is a massive, four-legged outrock, larger than any you have yet encountered. What, even larger than the big one we encountered in Ashlyre? Emblazoned on the upper torso, ...of the towering wooden-iron being... ...as a shimmering... ...orange mark... ...a mark that depicts... ...a clawed hand clutching an eye... ...the mark... ...of wound skin... ...the emblazoned otorok... ...suddenly halts and turns towards you... ...then, with unnerving speed... ...it starts in your direction... ...with no chance of outrunning at- the giant otorok... ...because, you know, it's, it's, its legs are both longer... And more numerous than mine. Well, okay, actually it has the same number as legs of mine, but my but, but my front two legs also have to double as arms. So, but definitely longer, definitely longer legs, and you know the infinite Stanima thing as well. With no chance of outrunning the giant old rock. You step your back up against a pile of charred, smoking timbers and prepare to bravely engage the fearsome assailant. It's a massive, emblazoned Ocherock. With with four legs, begin combat. The emblazoned Ocherock swipes at you with its iron-tipped wooden lings and it's already adapted its combat tactics. This Ocherock does not mess around. Even though it did adapt to plus eight. So maybe it messed around messed around a bit. Tried to stagger me, failed. Tries to stagger me again and fails. Oh, and I stagger it instead. Haha. <laughs> oh, I've been stunned. Alright, gonna stun you right back. Didn't try to stun me. Then it did stun me. The emblazoned Otorok swipes it through his iron-tipped wooden limbs. Umdral's oaken wad suddenly emits a green glow. The Otorok is stunned. And it is slain. 10 XP and 512 experience to general. With a loud, piercing groan, coupled with the sounds of splintering wood, The massive, emblazoned Otorok staggers backwards and topples to the ground, landing on its back with a reverberating thud. In the wake of the brutal battle, you take a few moments to catch your breath and to scan the waved village for any further sign of the enemy. Relatively certain you are no longer in any immediate danger. You cautiously approach the remains of the giant Otorok. You're surprised to discover there is no longer any sign of the emblazoned mark on the upper torso of the fallen Otorok. After poking around the remains of the toppled giant for nearly a minute, you are about to abandon the search when you suddenly spot a small, flat stone lying on the ground several feet to the right of one of the slain Otorok's shattered hands. Like the stone already in your possession, this one has been emblazoned with a mark of runeskin. To picks a clawed hand clutching an eye. Believing the item would be of some importance, you pick it up. It's another wound mark, stone, and that's. that's two of them so far. Maybe there'll be more. Well, whatever they're gonna do, they're gonna do it later. After making a thorough search of the Wazed Village, and finding nothing to indicate there are any more Otorok in the immediate vicinity, he prepares to leave the grim scene of destruction. As you step onto a forest road west of the clearing, you encounter a group of men, women and children. The group, numbering more than a dozen, is at first startled by your sudden appearance, but when they learn if you're victor over the strange beings that invaded and burned the village, one of the men steps forward and meets you on a shoulder cross. The bearded, middle-aged man introduces himself as Trimere and tells you that nearly everyone managed to escape from the village just as the unexpected attack got underway. Let's look at our horse, he says, pointing to the mare hitched to a cart that carries three children and a pile of belongings. She'll take us to where we're going. I know nothing of those things, and I never care to, he says, stepping aside with you, apparently desirous to move the conversation out of earshot of the others. There's now a garrison in Hawkelaw, if you're passing that way. You must be certain they hear of this. The the talk of these wooden men has been spreading through the hills, through only now. I fear, from my own home in ashes, do I at last believe any of it. Twimir tells you that it was the giant Otrak, though he does not use the name truck who set fire to the village. Flames were hurled out of a mark on its chest, he says. It was obvious from the start we have no choice but to flee. The few who delayed paid with their lives. As as he continues with his account, you are suddenly struck with the sobering notion that despite their narrow escape from the Otorok, a good number of hardships now lie ahead for the displaced villagers. A sense of anger and frustration washes over you in a single fleeting moment. In the presence of fourteen souls who stand within sight of their smouldering homes, you tire the harrowing plight of these frightened, bewildered people directly to the mindless, fearsome minimals minions of Koratel, then immediately to the Renegade Sorceress herself, and at last to Wound Skin. You silently vow to avenge the wound, in- wound inflicted today, oh I've got so much avenging to do. You can't hope but think that just a small portion of your own fortune would help to ease the difficulties these people will face in the days and weeks to come. So, uh, do I give them gold, which I can easily get more of? These people who have lost everything but their cart and whatever happens to be in it, and the clothes on their back. These people who have to start all over again. Obviously, I'm going to give them as much. You can give them 100, 500, or 1,000 gold. Now, really, I don't know how much gold they need to start off new life. Really, I know that the cottage in, in Dernstig cost about 50 gold, but that was an empty cottage that wasn't, you know, that big or that nice and had no... And no furnishings, and... No, I'm going to give them 1,000 gold. Ignoring Timley's expected and polite fusion of your generous offering of gold, you insist that he and the others take it and use it as they attempt to get back on their feet following the recent cruel turn of events. He at last accepts the gold, and and as he takes possession of it, he again meets you in shoulder cross, thanking you repeatedly. Well, it's uh, you wouldn't need this if I turned up just a few minutes earlier. But if I was there, they probably wouldn't have sent the O to work. Because apparently, they know to send them, and I'm just a little bit away. The others in his company, having witnessed your selfless act, still so step forward and thank you. You bow politely in response. At length, you bid Tremir and those in his company farewell, wishing them both safety and luck as they prepare to set out on their search for a new beginning. We'll find our spot, says Tremir, taking his place next to his wife and two daughters. I thank you again, dear friend. We'll never forget your generosity. I sincerely hope I can one day regain your kindness. You didn't worry over us. Farewell, and take care, friend. Standing in the middle of the road, you watch as the large group, large group, departs, listening to the sound of their footfalls and the clattering of wheels of their cart pass out of earshot. The silence that descends upon the lonely forest road in the wake of their departure is nothing short of unsettling, and that ends the. I guess, semi-formal adventure? The Raising of Colinia, with 512 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers. Uh, Well, that little bit of experience doesn't really get them their homes back. But, well, I've, they've got a, they're as good a position to rebuild as they possibly could be. Only a broad, blackened patch of ground, littered with heaps of charred timber, remains to mark the forest cleaning where the v- clearing where the v- village of Colenia stood. Those who escaped the swift and savage attack of the Oatrok fled north and west into nearby hills, settling into other towns and villages, never again to return to the place they long called home. Ah uh, well maybe someday people will come back here and maybe they'll we name the Maybe they'll rename name the town. <laughs> uh, yeah. The town, the Burn Stick, <laughs> you know, after the oak oh, that I smashed. Oh, oh, I don't know. I'm sure. Sure, they'll think of a better name. All right. Visit Hawklaw now. Time to tell. Time to tell Captain Millark about that. A newly arrived garrison of Tyson soldiers now occupies the structure that was, until recently, the Hills Fleet Inn. Under the command of Captain Millark. the soldiers are hard at work, repairing the former inn to serve as an outpost from which they hope to ser- serve and protect both Porklaw and the surrounding region. 64 experienced, to General. Will you relate the grim news of Colania's destruction to Captain Millark? He quickly ushers you into the room at the back of the outpost and closes the door. You provide him with a full account of what you witnessed and encountered in Colania. Several from that village arrived here just, walk, just a short while ago. I dispatched two dozen of my men to Kalinia. Had I the slightest motion you've already been there, and quite handily addressed the matter. It might... I might have thought... Might have thought better of it. In fact, I've done just that. The captain calls for a young lad who bursts through the door and promptly bows. The bearded weapon tells the boy to catch up with the soldiers heading along the road to Kalinia, and deliver them the order to turn back. Yes, it's best not to divide your forces if you don't have to. It's pretty much the one of the first principles of war. Don't split your forces if you don't have to. And, if possible, get your enemy to split their forces. So then you can concentrate your forces while theirs are divided. And then, even if you have a smaller army in, say, totality, in each battle, you have a bigger army, and then you keep winning. With only a swift nod to acknowledge ch- the directive, the boy turns and strides out the room, closing the door as he goes. We mustn't spread ourselves thin, says Captain Millark, sighing, as his wary gaze meets your own. ''We've got work ahead of us,'' Sir Crokington. ''Let there be no doubt about that.'' ''The captain tells you that the newly-arrived refugees from Kalinia were taken in by Pillipore and he suspects many of them will likely choose to remain in Hawklaw. ''These days aren't conductive to small, scattered settlements,'' he says. ''Without the proper wall of a city.'' Or a keep. A hope lies in our numbers. And our numbers should not be small. Captain Millock told you he would at once dispatch a request for more soldiers to his commander, who is now overseeing the outpost at the Northern Pass on the edge of the village. He's a good man, with a shrewd mind for tactic. He'll see the sense in my request.' I think we'll hear the drumming of many feet along the road before long. After a mug of paleo, something upon which Captain Milark is most insistent, you bid him farewell and leave the outpost. Uh, what is next? Uh, well, uh, let me see. Well, I think it's time to... Wander around the kingdom a bit more. But anyway, until something else turns up, farewell, fellow adventurers.